Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay. Well, to tell you what, Thanksgiving is almost here and you're going to be thankful for the audio that I'm going to present you with right now. Again, uh, this is the kind of stuff that the town council members will hear on a daily basis. It's the Garage Logic Town Council, and the stream is on 24-7. So what I'm giving you today is examples of things you're going to hear when you join the Garage Logic Town Council, which I certainly hope you will. You get a little insider information. Uh, you can check us out during the breaks, what we're talking about, how real it is. It's kind of a fun thing, and I'm glad that for those of you that have already signed up, thank you very much. Now let's get to the meat right here. You can sign up at garagelogic.com. Reavers will be around after this segment to uh, tell you how you can get in touch with the Garage Logic Town Council. This goes back to February of 1997. There was a man called a man named John Gross who was from Winslow, Arizona, and he had built a garage inside of his home. Joe wanted to talk to this guy, so I'll give you all five segments of this, and we'll just go on them back to back to back. But this is February of 97, John Gross. Uh, Joe was very intrigued. In fact, Joe did cut him off one, so we had to get him back. But um, hopefully you will enjoy the segment. Here we go. John Gross on Garage Logic in 97. We have a guest right now, and I'm going to get to him in a moment. He's probably wondering what in the world I'm talking about. Last week, I mentioned to you that we had been sent a piece uh, in the newspaper that appeared in the Arizona Republic. And uh, there was a fellow out in Winslow, Arizona, named John Gross, who uh, obviously, I would think, would have been unfamiliar with garage logic. Uh, nevertheless, uh, played right into our hands in this newspaper article. This fellow built his house inside his garage, and I put the Dutchman on it, and I said, "Let's uh, let's talk to this fellow uh, because he seems to have taken garage logic to the extremes." And we we have John with us right now. John Gross, are you with us? Yes, I am. I uh, thank you very much. My name's Joe Souchere. And you're on the air here at KSTP AM 1500 in the Twin Cities. Well, it's nice to talk to you, Joe. We, uh, we were sent a piece from the Arizona Republic in which you're pictured sitting on a uh, pretty nifty-looking Harley-Davidson, and you're next to a Jaguar XKE, and apparently behind you is your house, and your house is inside your garage. Exactly. And we have a show here, John, called Garage Logic, in which... Uh, what we've deduced about life is that most things that are worth figuring out can be figured out in the garage, and and you really have have taken this to a new level. Well, what happened? The reason I built my house inside of um, this garage, which was uh, initially a uh, World War One bus station that sits across the street from the uh, Santa Fe uh, train depot in Winslow. In Winslow, right which used to uh, be right next to the uh, roundhouse. Okay. When the, uh, when the steam trains came into uh, Winslow, they would uh, 
switch over to diesel engines on their way to Los Angeles because they would uh, the steam the steam trains tended to burn the forest down around Flagstaff in the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. So they would switch over to the diesel engines, and uh, this is uh, basically a, a railroad town. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened is uh, I went to I'm from the North Shore of Chicago. Oh, you are. And went to uh, the University of Arizona in Tucson in 1965. And uh, I bought myself a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And uh, this motorcycle was, I went out to the Chrysler dealership, and I watched Evil Knievel jump six cars out at the dealership. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I went over to this motorcycle place, and there was the motorcycle sitting right there. The same kind Evil had ridden? The exact one that he did. Yeah. What it was, was a, it? Do you remember? It was a Norton P11. Okay. 750cc motorcycle. A British bike. Exactly. All right. And all they had done is change the shock absorbers on the back for, for uh Longer shock absorbers for Evil's uh, jump. For Evil's jump, and yeah. there it was sitting there on the on the floor at the Norton shop for two hundred dollars discount. Really? So I bought this motorcycle, and, and it, was it was brand new. Brand new. Yeah. And uh, I rode it all around Tucson, and uh, I lived in the uh, near the university in the in a little adobe house in the alley, and then one day I came out of my house and the motorcycle was gone. Mm-hmm. And somebody had stole it, and mm-hmm. that's. I ended up uh, buying another motorcycle, and because of sort of my uh, paranoia, I used to put it into the kitchen at night. What 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 was the second bike you bought? It was a uh, 1966 Triumph Bonneville. Okay, it was really a beautiful. Motorcycle. So you really were a British guy at this point. Well, I couldn't afford a Harley then. Right. The Harleys were twice as much money. I right. Really, I wanted a Harley, but I couldn't afford one. So so the Triumph leaked oil all over your kitchen floor. Yeah, but. You know, <laughs> I didn't know how to cook anyway, so <laughs> I just used the, the, the kitchen as, a, as, a, as the garage. All right. So um, later on in life, I, um, I moved to Los Angeles, and after um, my daughter graduated law school and uh, Los Angeles just became too horrible. What did you do for a living in these intervening years? Well, I, I had a clothing store in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and then I became involved in uh, Indian art. Okay. What, as a collector or a seller? Or? I started as a collector, and if you want to be a serious collector, you're going to have to end up being a seller, a, uh, a dealer. All right. So you're a dealer, you're an art dealer. Exactly. Still to this day? Still to this day. Also. Did you have a garage in Los Angeles? I had I had a, a, a garage that was attached to my house, and in the course of 25 years, I had two cars stolen out of that garage. You, you've really had some bad luck when it comes to theft. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I kind of uh, formed this uh, vehicle anxiety separation. Right, and and it seems, how old are you, about 50? I'm 50, exactly. Yeah. Well, it seems to, as as you've gotten older, uh, you, you I can understand where you would have almost turned things inside out by trying to make the garage inside the, or the house inside the garage. That that's the reason that I start when I left Los Angeles because the air is just too polluted there and the bay is polluted and uh, it just became kind of a small town because there's just too many areas that you just don't have any right to go to else mm-hmm. you're just expecting too much trouble mm-hmm. and if you have a nice car uh, nobody really has any respect for it and you couldn't park in any place without something happening and so I kind of switched over from nice vehicles, and I started buying really junky vehicles. Mm-hmm. Like we drive in the winter here. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, that's you know, I found out that you know that's the only thing that you could you know have and not get stolen there in Los Angeles. So I bought myself a 1966 
old Chevy pickup truck that looked like the ones that all the gardeners used around mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. And it also, I, I like to work on cars. You know, I am uh, I'm a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And that um, anything that's pre-1966 in California doesn't have to have a smog test. Right. So you could uh, actually, you know, have some fun with those cars. You could put hot rod engines in them and you could... Uh, you could actually work on it rather than have to take it back to the dealer and and uh, be at their mercy. Mm-hmm. How did you end up picking Winslow, Arizona, to move to? Well, because I went to the University of uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. and because they passed a uh, helmet law in California for motorcycles. Mm-hmm. You'd prefer to ride without a helmet? Oh yeah. Okay. And. Because of I really love Arizona or New Mexico. It's just the really the land of of all the magic and all the beauty. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to move back to you know one of these two states, and so I've always had this idea of um, being able to buy a big industrial building, and which I could make as my garage, mm-hmm. and also have enough space to build a house inside of it. That's amazing. <laughs> I I have the picture in front of me and it it looks like a nifty house. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. This is um so what I started doing is um I like the sound of the railroad tracks. I like the engines. I like I like everything about it. So mm-hmm. what I did is I got in my old pickup and I I just went along the old Atchikin, Pekin, Santa Fe Railroad all the way from Los Angeles all the way through Arizona, all the way through New Mexico, starting looking at buildings that that were right around the railroad tracks, mm-hmm. and I started falling in love with these train depots mm-hmm. that were built in the 1920s. They're they're absolutely beautiful. They're like mission style, and they have big arches, and they have uh, big uh, ramp deep you know, ramps in front of them for the depots, mm-hmm. and uh, they have fireplaces, and they have um, Spanish uh, tile on the roofs, and they're just absolutely beautiful. So I decided that's what. Uh, I wanted to buy one of these train depots. And you found one in Winslow. Well, I oh, found, found a bus one. station. Yeah. There is one in here in Winslow, but I actually found one in New Mexico. And um, I, I called up the railroad, and I started negotiating and for this uh, train depot in, in Mountaineer, New Mexico, mm-hmm. which is just in the middle of nowhere, um, about 150 miles southeast of uh, Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the railroad was very receptive to selling the train depot because they hadn't used it in 50 years, and it was really run down. So, but they did notify me that I would have to move it away from the railroad track. Oh, it was seven feet from the main line there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I sent a crew of uh, engineers over there, and they said that it was going to be no problem. So I, I uh, they had a five-acre track right there next to the railroad where I could move the depot to. So I went over to the city hall to uh, take out a building permit and notify the city, and they told me, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. You get out of town. And they just basically rode me right out of town. So I started going further east. And what, what did they want to do, claim the building for themselves? Yeah, and because it was kind of starting to become a tourist area. Mm-hmm. So they figured, well, we'll take over the train depot, and we'll put a coffee shop and a restaurant in there. Mm-hmm. So, they, so you're they, out of the picture at this point. Yeah, they ran me out of town. Yeah. So I looked at the next, started looking at all the train depots further down the track going east into New Mexico. And um, there was another one in uh, Fort Sumner, New Mexico, which is 
the place where they, when they rounded up all the Navajo in 1863, that's the place where they interned them. Mm-hmm. And uh, there it was up on a hill, another beautiful train depot. So I asked for that one, and they said that I couldn't have that one because mm-hmm. of, of uh, that they were using it for operations. So I went to the end of the line on the Texas-New Mexico border, and there it was again, another beautiful train depot. Mm-hmm. But this one had a Fred Harvey house attached to it. And the Fred Harvey Company was formed right after the Civil War, and it started to build um, hotels and restaurants all the way from Chicago to Los Angeles to offer amenities to, uh, to train travelers because uh, so they have something to eat and they have a place to get off the train and sleep. Um, but Corvus, New Mexico is really a decimated town. Mm-hmm. The whole downtown is just gone mm-hmm. and because they've built a, you know, a new part of town like all the other places around here. And um, I thought, well, God, I'll never get any visitors. And I, I would have these wonderful structures, but I'm just isolating myself. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go back toward Los Angeles on the railroad again and look look again. And that's what brought you back in down into Arizona. That's what brought me back. Let to me. Minnesota. Can you uh, can you stay with us through this break? Sure. I have to take a break. We're speaking with uh, John Gross out in Winslow, Arizona, who has built his. Uh, oh, look what I did! Look what I did! I hit the wrong button. I hope he calls us back. Do you have his number? I'll try him. I just hit the wrong button, and I meant to put We'll, we'll see if he'll call back first. I put John on hold. He's uh, built his home inside his garage. Uh, I hope he uh, I hope he gets back to us. We'll be right back. The Garage Logic Town Council will hold its first official town council members-only meeting Wednesday, November 30th from 4 to 6.30 p.m. at Tattersall Distillery in River Falls, Wisconsin. Join the Garage Logic crew for complimentary appetizers beginning at 4 p.m. with a live Garage Logic podcast to follow at 5. This event is only only open to town council members. Members who wish to attend should RSVP in the town council member platform right now at garagelogic.com. Not a member and want to be at this exclusive and official meeting? Not a problem. Sign up for the town council right now at garagelogic.com and then RSVP for the event. We'll see you November 30th at Tattersall in River Falls. We're back with John Gross of Winslow, Arizona. John, thanks for calling back. I'm sorry I accidentally cut you off there. It's no problem. And you are a fellow who, uh, when you sit in your uh, living room, you're looking at your garage. I am right now. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm looking at my, my cars, I'm looking at my motorcycle, and I'm looking out on uh, Route 66 here with the uh, train depot across the street. Now, to enter your house, do you go through the garage door? Well, actually, there's, there are five huge cargo doors in this building where you can drive in any side of this building mm-hmm. with any size uh, vehicle that you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. The, the front of the building, actually, because it was uh, built uh, pre-segregation, has two side doors to it, which was for the waiting rooms for the bus station. Mm-hmm. And one was the, was the uh, regular white person's waiting room, and the other side was the uh, Indian waiting room. Mm-hmm. And uh, the building has a huge overhang because it had gas pumps in the front, too. Um, on the side, there are huge cargo doors with barn sliders to, uh, to, to be able to bring the buses in one side of the building and take them right out onto the street of the other side. So th- this is um, an ideal situation. And the other places that I lived, I always had to fight space this place has a huge abundance of space 
You really have no uh, yard maintenance problems either, do you? I have just concrete. Yeah. I have uh, huge expanses of concrete. And the, the building was built as the first attempt at a, uh, a prefabricated industrial building mm-hmm. where this was built before plywood came out. So they took uh, two-by-six forms and nailed them all together, and they poured up 25 feet. Mm-hmm. And then they put steel encased windows all around this building mm-hmm. where there aren't these big, huge door entries. And then from there, they put the railroad, steel railroad trusses on top of the concrete walls to support, which are bow, called bow trusses, and then to support this all wood roof that is all is round. Mm-hmm which supports these huge skylights that are all made out of this uh, colored wire glass on the top. Well, the place sounds like it's uh, impenetrable. It's flooded with life. It's just flooded with light, light in here. Yeah. And uh, four sides of light and all the ceiling. And because um, it was built by the railroad, across the street at this Fred Harvey Grand Destination Hotel that was built, the first woman architect who who built all the buildings basically in the Grand Canyon had a hand in uh, designing this building so mm-hmm. it has a really beautiful southwest facade to it in the in the front and um is is unlike any other buildings they build today that it doesn't have any internal supports so it's completely undivided space of uh 10,000 square feet. Now, is the home itself surrounded by garage space, or did you tuck the house into one corner? No, I, the, the house is, is freestanding. Um, you can walk around the whole entire house. Inside this building? Inside this building. <laughs> this so, is garage logic taken to, uh, taken to a new level. And the, bil- the house that I built is uh, 1,300 square feet, mm-hmm. and it is entirely made out of French doors and windows. Mm-hmm which are real wood and real glass and real divided light. And the roof is made, uh, the rafters are sheeted in plexiglass. Mm -hmm. So I can look up and I can see these beautiful steel bow trusses and this beautiful roof entirely made out of wood and all these skylights. And it basically looks like a upside down um, sailboat when you look up. You could conceivably go out one door, get on your motorcycle, and ride around to the kitchen. Well, that's that's one reason why I made this house freestanding, because I, I have a couple of Harley-Davidson old race bikes that mm-hmm. don't have any way to start them but, but to bump them, mm-hmm. which is to run them and then get on them and jump on them, and they'll start. And sometimes when you don't ride them you know, enough, the clutches tend to stick mm-hmm. because they have uh, castor bean oil inside of them. And... Um, you can hit the wall if you don't turn hard enough. Mm-hmm. So, so I can still get around this whole entire building by taking a hard left turn. Right. After I get on the motorcycle. <laughs> you can race around your house, in essence. Yeah, and in the wintertime, I can still keep these things going. <laughs> it is. A, what's the bike you're sitting on in the newspaper photograph? That's a 66 uh, FLH Harley-Davidson. Have you owned that since new? Um, pretty much so, yeah. yeah. And then you got a 66 Jag there? Yeah, I, yeah. An XKE uh, Roadster that right. uh, has really been a you know fun car to have. have. Has this allowed you to overcome your garage theft paranoia? Well, now yeah, I have this big vicious uh, black dog. Yeah, and um, and I can see these things 
from my bed. Yeah, you can see this from any room in your house if you want. Because it's all surrounded by glass. Yeah, the house looks like it, all the walls are glass. Yeah. Latticed, uh, latticed windows. Yeah. It's and, gorgeous. And I have uh, three, three French door entries in the front and mm-hmm. one in the back. And I have, um, this house is made out of uh, ponderosa pine, mm-hmm. which is the native wood around here. Naughty pine is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm in the process of cobblestoning around these buildings with petrified wood. Mm-hmm. Because we're right next to the uh, petrified forest. Mm-hmm. And Winslow is uh, inundated with the stuff. It's really beautiful building material. And then I am, what isn't uh, a window or a door, I'm cladding it in uh, copper. Mm-hmm. Is, a, is another building material because this is the copper state. Mm-hmm. So I like to use uh, indigenous materials in an indigenous way. Are you married? I was married. And yeah. I, um, interesting enough, from this article that appeared in the... Uh, Arizona Republic. I've got about five offers. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Four girls and one guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, your, would, would your uh, wife, uh, were you still married? Would she have approved of this? I wonder. Oh, I, I'm still in contact her. Yeah. You know, and um, my my ex-wife uh, is one of the people that builds the satellites for uh, Hughes Aerospace that mm-hmm. they uh, shove out of the uh, Discovery and the Challenger. And, right. Uh, so she kind of has a background in you know assembling pieces the same way yeah. that that's basically my you know talent is uh, putting pieces of of things together. So she might get a kick out of this. Yeah, I think she'd get a kick. Yeah. Out. What about your daughter? Has she seen it yet? My daughter's been here and yeah. uh, she's overjoyed. Yeah. Because uh, basically this is uh, going to be part of her inheritance because there's not too many other people that really want to live inside a garage. What do the city fathers of Winslow think? Are they happy? I, I've been kind of the town curiosity for yeah. the last two and a half years. and uh, um, Yeah, I think everybody's really happy because I took the biggest, ugliest building in town. And fixed that, it up. It was completely boarded up and, and um, every you know drunken town was living in this place. Yeah. And uh, it had... It had uh, over 400 broken windows, and um, and I've turned it into a, uh, I think, you know, a really positive thing, and uh, which is getting a lot of attention um, because of uh, its architectural merit. Well, now, uh, were I ever to be on Route 66 and came through Winslow and knocked on the door, uh, do you let people take a look? I, I do on occasion, you yeah. know, kind of depending upon my mood. Yeah. And uh, I've had, you know, quite a, a, a few people, you know, coming through here, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to sort of help the town out. Yeah. Because um, this town's kind of down on its heels, mm-hmm. and it has all these kind of big, huge, beautiful buildings that are uninhabited, and um, it's a real opportunity. You can buy them for just about nothing. I, I, one last question, if you don't mind uh, telling us. Sure. Uh, well, in fact, a couple, in fact, will you stay with us one more break? Okay. And, and this time I won't uh, I I uh, I won't uh, cut you off. Okay, it's your it's your nickel. All right, and uh, we'll be back with John Gross, whose house is built inside his garage in Winslow, Arizona. And of course, yes, we have to get his CI uh, index, and we have to get a number of other things before we let him go. 
The Garage Logic Town Council will hold its first official town council members only meeting Wednesday, November 30th from 4 to 6:30 p.m. at Tattersall Distillery in River Falls, Wisconsin. Join the Garage Logic crew for complimentary appetizers beginning at 4 p.m. with a live Garage Logic podcast to follow at 5. This event is only open to town council members. Members who wish to attend should RSVP in the town council member platform right now at garagelogic.com. Not a member and want to be at this exclusive and official meeting? Not a problem. Sign up for the town council right now at garagelogic.com and then RSVP for the event. We'll see you November 30th at Tattersall in River Falls. I'm glad we called him. Or more accurately, I'm see, he, he doesn't answer his phone. We had to get to him through an intermediary. And someone gave him the message that we saw the newspaper article and were interested in chatting with him. And he, uh, he chose to get back to us, I guess. He sounds kind of iconoclastic. But... Uh, Extremely interesting. 646-8255-1800-9620792. Pound 1500 is the AT&T call. Uh, Dutchman, today, uh, you told me the other day off the air that, uh, I mean, you're just 21. You're a young guy. You're starting out in this radio business. Right. And uh, you told me you wanted to have your own talk show. Yeah, someday. At, at, some, at some point. Someday. Well, yeah. I think today you're going to have a little test. Okay. You're going to have a little test. All right. Uh, sometime in the 3 o'clock hour, you're going to tell us the story of how you got the name Dutchman. The incident. Yeah, it'll be a great, it'll be great practice for you. All right. You know, to, uh, to reveal this about yourself and to, uh, and to tell us the deal. So sometime in the 3 o'clock hour. Okay. All right. A St. Paul prostitute watching America's Most Wanted... It helped identify a woman whose body was found in Nevada. They both have the same tattoo of their pimp's name. The body of Margaret Hicks, 23, was found January 4th. And the Minnesota woman worked, the woman that helped the police identify the body, worked with Hicks in St. Paul. Hicks moved last year to the Stardust Ranch, which is a legal brothel in the northwest, in uh, northeastern Nevada. The women got the tattoos of a purple rose with the name Danny Gibbons Sr. Oh, sure, and be going, my pimp's name is Danny Gibbons. Not a lot of Irish pimps, but that was the name on the butts of these two women, one of whom, unfortunately, is deceased. And, uh, and they both got the same tattoo at the same tattoo parlor. But their pimp's name is Givens, G-I-V-E-N-S, not not Gibbons. So the, the tattoo guy on both their rumps spelled the name of their pimp wrong, and thus was the body able to be identified. It might have been a tip-off uh, to the hookers that they're just... It's, uh, it was, uh, it's unlikely, is all I'm saying, that they had an Irish pimp. It just, it just not, it's just not a, 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 a career calling of, of, of the Irish. You don't see a lot of pimps named Flaherty or Sullivan or O'Halloran or or Murphy, or McHale, Gibbons. And yet there, there they were, with the, the rose with the name Tommy Gibbons Sr., you know, Tommy Gibbons Sr. on the, uh, on the butt there, Danny Gibbons Sr. And uh, it was all taken care of there. And unfortunately, we, we lost one of the ones with Danny Gibbons Sr. on her butt. Debbie. Hi, Joe. Hi. How are you? Fine. I have a book idea for you. All right. Yesterday's show... Today's show with uh, the two fellas. Yeah. Start a book. On what? On 
great garage logicians and their great ideas, ice rinks, yeah. homes inside garage. Well, when they come across, uh, uh, when, they, when, we, when we learn of them, we're sure going to try and have more of them on the air, I can tell you that. Well, it, it's, a, it's a fun show when you do, and um, yeah. I've enjoyed both days. Thank I, you. I have, too. Yeah, thank you. Okay, bye, Joe. Thanks. Bill? Are you sure that wasn't a AM1500 tattoo on their derrieres? No, it wasn't. Uh, it was uh, Danny Gibbon Sr. Uh, a Gibbon monkey? An, uh, it, no. Yeah, yeah. What? No. Mishki. Yeah. I got Mishki here. Yeah, you do, you moron. Uh, Julianne? Yes. Hi. I was calling. I missed it yesterday because I got in my car too late. Um, and I might have just caught you talking about it, maybe not. But you were talking yesterday about um, this gentleman who has a hockey rink. Yeah. He had his own Zamboni and everything. Right. Where was that article? Uh, Where was it that you were reading it? Well, he, he's been written up in a, in a newspaper called Hockey News. Okay. But we learned of him from a Channel 5 uh, sports report by Joe Schmidt that was on the air last week. Oh, and I, so I missed that, too. Where yeah. is this guy located? Lake Elmo. Okay. I don't, I don't know his address. I don't know that he wants a steady stream of people going by. Oh, but, I was just curious. But chances are, if you drove through Lake Elmo on a winter night, you'd see the lights. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. The Garage Logic Town Council will hold its first official Town Council members only meeting Wednesday, November 30th from 4 to 6:30 p.m. at Tattersall Distillery in River Falls, Wisconsin. Join the Garage Logic crew for complimentary appetizers beginning at 4 p.m. with a live Garage Logic podcast to follow at 5. This event is only open to Town Council members. Members who wish to attend should RSVP in the Town Council member platform right now at garagelogic.com. Not a member and want to be at this exclusive and official meeting? Not a problem. Sign up for the Town Council right now at garagelogic.com and then RSVP for the event. We'll see you November 30th at Tattersall in River Falls. Hey, Joe. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I was just uh, wondering if you were going to talk about Mishki's show last night and the the little controversy between you two. I'm unaware of it. Uh, Yesterday, during your show, you uh, thought... I played it. Tommy left me a tape for my own amusement, but I thought it was so funny I played it on the air. Right. Of the guy who uh, uh, had Tommy convinced he had been blinded. Right, and you yeah. thought that that guy uh, pulled the wool over Mishki's eyes? Oh, absolutely. It's a fake story. Were you listening to Mishki last night? No, I was not. <laughs> well, he got the guy back on the phone. Right. How do we know that? Here, here's what I would have done. Here's what I would have done, Chris. Yeah. Uh, we don't know that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, the way that it came about anyway, he was talking to the guy who told Mishki that he used to uh, uh, know your cousin Mike when he was at Brown. The, the, the supposedly blind guy used to know my cousin Mike? He had met him at Brown. Okay. And uh, uh, so Mishki got Mike on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to uh, verify whether or not uh, this guy actually was blind. Uh, uh, we don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute now. Mishki gets my cousin Mike on the phone. Right. Did did Mike corroborate the guy's story? Uh, no, he he didn't uh, he didn't discount his story, but he could not recall whether or not uh, he actually ever had him in his office at mm-hmm. Brown. Well, of course not, because it's not a true story. Bisky, <laughs> um, well, he was prepared to give you a case of beer and a uh, 125 year old bottle of scotch. Or I'm ready for it. Such. I think he should. <laughs> well, I. I had to turn him off well, when I got home, and, and uh, I didn't listen to him anymore. But at the point where I stopped listening to him, he was convinced that he was right, 
and you were wrong. Well, it's his show. What do you think he's going to do? Admit <laughs> that I'm right? Wait a minute. Does it stand to reason to you? There's too many holes in the story. The guy standing side by side to a target shooter, right? Right, right. The target shooter shoots out, what did he say, 100 feet, 50 feet? 50 feet. Hits some rocks. Well, what, what the hell is he doing shooting at rocks for? That, that makes no sense. The, the, uh, presumably the, the grounds at a, at, a, at a shooting range would not be of, of, of such that would allow ricocheting. I mean, presumably they're shooting at targets, right? Right. Are you with me so far? I'm with you. B, the, the bullet somehow ricochets back and catches this guy in the side of the head. Well, I mean, if he's standing out there looking at the target, well, how did the bullet hit him in the side of the head? C, yeah, I know Mishki's on nine, but it's my show. Now, the, the other thing, the, the, then, then the, guy do, the guy doesn't have any clue that the shooter's been going out on, on him with his wife. And then ultimately it all gets handed to the guy in a court deposition on Christmas Day? While he's in the hospital. While he's in the hospital? No, I'm sorry, it didn't happen. It did not happen. I'm inclined to believe you. Uh, well, I would hope so. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, it is your show. It is my show. I do show. believe you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Oh, by the way, yeah. uh, the guy who just called in who you who, who sounded like he was a moron, yeah. he is a regular caller to Miski's show. I well, I rest my case. <laughs> I rest my I, case. I think he's called Giggles the Clown. Yeah. I want to check with Miss Cam. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Look, you've got your own damn show, and I'm not getting drawn into some controversy mm. with you. Mm. I've already got half the morons who call you are now calling me. I know. I don't condone that. I can't control the people. And I don't want any more of these F promotions. Do you know how offended my mother was? Who started that? You Who did. Started? You did. No. You did on my show and said you used the F. I know, but you played you played into her hands. I'm. Did you know I'm black? Did you know I'm blind? Did you know Joe uses the F word? You did a Mishki tour and she buys it. I'm just saying, in every instance, someone else is starting it, and in this latest one, I gave you that tape just to privately listen to. I did, Tommy. Tommy, I liked it so much, I had to point it out as an example of how you were buffaloed. But that's that's the part that bothered me. You used it as an example to to claim that I'm some sort of a. And, and I, this is where I think garage... Oh, you're logic, a babe in the woods. You're a babe in the woods. All right. And I realize that part of garage logic is a certain kind of skepticism and, a, and an ability to uh, uh, sniff out BS when, when you come across Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, I think you guys go so far, get a little overzealous, that when one does come Tommy. in the back door, Tommy. you miss it. Tommy, th- th- there's no way that that's a real story. All right, here, here's what I'm curious about. because I think it's a Thurber, it's a James Thurber short story. This guy is so believable to me that I am... That's, that's why you're Tommy, see? I know. And, and I will admit to a little naivete in general in life that's been the story of a good part of my existence. I just happen to think in this case I'm right. And I'm just wondering, I would like to do... We need work. to get the guy here in the Twin Cities. Okay, I'd do that. I mean, I'd drive to Yankton, South Dakota, which is where he was calling. I think you've got to go get him. I'd pick him up. But I'm I'm asking you since you're so sure. Yeah. You got to put something up. I've put oh, up. What have you put up? Last night I called I called your house during the show last night and I left a long message saying exactly what I was putting up. You didn't call my house because I was home. Oh, okay. The you must have called the newspaper. I guess it must be your work number. Okay. Yeah. I made the mistake of calling. No wonder you didn't get the message. Hurry up! You got thirty seconds. Uh, Johnny Walker Blue is $125. I put up a bottle of that. I put up a, a box of your favorite cigars, yeah. and I put up uh, a case of Summit uh, Pale Ale. All, if I'm wrong, you get it all. What do I get? $100 worth of gas for that 
beat up car you drive. Ten miles, that'll be gone. Yeah, hundred right. bucks worth of gas. Okay, then I'll do the work. All right. All right see Goodbye. Yeah, he'll do the work, but I still get to do this. Uh, we don't know that. There's no way that that's a true story. Uh, much more. Please stay tuned. Well, there you have it, folks. That was a uh, nice little surprise after talking to John Gross and some callers, and then a Mishki fan, and then Mishki is on with Suchi Boy. That never happened, and you found that audio magic in the Garage Logic town. Hall, Town Council, excuse me, 24-7 is the stream. And once you sign up, you will be privy to all of these audio gems. So entertain yourself. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you'll make my mother-in-law's stuffing. Oh, may she rest in peace. We just lost her uh, this past year. And uh, her legend lives on with her stuffing. So have a great Thanksgiving. And don't forget to sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council, and you'll benefit from the stream 24-7. Signing off, I'm ready to go have some uh, turkey and maybe a cocktail or two. Catch you later, bros.